RVN. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Your eyes are not deceiving you. There is some some green on the screen happening today in, in the corn and the beans and absolutely n- complete polar opposite on the livestock side where we saw some negative trade. Uh, even the wheat had a little bit of a struggle today, but the really the big focus of these markets today has been on the breaks. You get demand. We're going to talk more about that and of course we're going to look at what's been happening in South America as well. Well, as we welcome Don Rose, he is with U.S. Commodities to join us today. And let's talk about that. We, You and I, right before we started this program, we were talking about on these breaks, you get demand. And you're definitely seeing that in the corn and the soybeans today. Yeah, good more, uh, Good afternoon, Susan. I think when you look at it, most definitely um, you have the uh, soybeans and corn both on breaks. You see end-user demand really pick up uh, ethanol demand for corn. Ethanol uh, margins are dollar dollar twenty-five uh, a gallon, depending on where you're at. Soybean crush margins for soybeans is running two to two fifty a bushel. You know, so just big margins there. So when you see breaks, you see uh, end users really stepping up, and of course, you know, livestock people are competing with it at the same time. So, you know, the breaks have been more shallow. Uh, you see uh, good buying come in. But then on rallies, uh, you see the end user kind of goes quiet. Funds don't chase the market up. And consequently, the uh, top end of the ranges, the market struggles too, as there's hopes that South America's crop is going to be large enough to kind of uh, buffer us until we get through and find out what our crop looks like. So it's kind of a, a market, Susan, particularly in the holiday market like we're in, a range-bound market. Uh, let's just call it on March corn between 565 and 595 and uh, soybeans uh, March soybeans probably the 1220 up to the 1290 range bound so just back and forth there and then uh, wheat buying on breaks is starting to develop too. We're going to feel this kind of mode here don't you think over the next two weeks with with many commodity folks in and out of the offices celebrating the holidays? You know, what happens, uh, you, you can get some big moves right now, and partly because what happens is uh, volume starts to taper off. You have uh, uh, less trading uh, going on. But if you have something unusual develop, remember we had BSE before during the holidays uh, in the 90s where it uh, tanked the market seven days in a row. Um, you know, we've had some weather issues in South America that sent us up and down. So, you know, when you have a, a, a thin volume like we're going to have going forward, you can get some accentuated moves. And, you know, right now the funds are sitting long uh, corn, about 330,000 contracts, sitting long soybeans, about 40,000 contracts. So um, they add to on inflationary fears, but on breaks. And if anything uh, happens, you know, like we just had with Omicron, you see the liquidation and takes us down. So um, I think it's just inching along, and I think we're watching that South America weather is really starting to come into um, more of a, a focus and, and more of a, uh, a driving type of force. You know, we are never going to forget the cow that stole Christmas by any means, and obviously that has been a one that continues to be talked about by folks. We look at the, at the picture as we head towards 2022. Uh, before we talk about South America, what are some keys our grain guys need to think about in these last couple of weeks, Don? Well, I think the big thing for producers out here uh, on corn, first of all, uh, if the basis levels are, are uh, at above normal or normal levels, which they are, 
there's no carry in the market. Be uh, for example, from this December that just went off the board today to July, that's seven months, and the carry in the market is only like a penny and a half. So there's no incentive to hold on to corn. The end user is trying to uh, uh, cover himself, uh, willing to give up the carry in the market. So take a look at that for the producer on the basis. And, um, you know, if you want to reown it, reown it with another way, their futures are options. Soybeans, a little bit different. You know, there's a carry in the market. Basis is still, uh, uh, you know, not that great, but okay. And it's all eyes are on uh, South America. So your chances there are really what happens to South America. Well, really on both corn and soybeans. Well, having said that, if there's ever a chance to get to talk to somebody about South America, it is you because you've got some amazing contacts that are down there. What are you hearing from folks right now? Well, you know, a couple things. Remember, the uh, it's just a huge uh, country down there uh, from the north to the south, you know, really like from Canada down to the southern part of Texas. But um, in the uh, the north and the central, uh, conditions are, are near ideal, probably record yields. If anything, there's too much water. But as you move down into the south, uh, Rio Grande de Sol, uh, Paraná, even uh, the country of uh, Paraguay, which is between Brazil and Argentina, it turns uh, it drier. For example, uh, the state of Rio Grande do Sul, a, a big state, um, it's been dry, warm. About 30% of their crop probably went through pollination in not that great a shape. And so, you know, you have some uh, issues, uh, losses on their crop, you know, could be up as 30 to 40% there. But then as you keep moving down into Argentina, they're supposed to be dry in the La Nina year. But uh, their, their conditions there, same thing, you know, pretty decent, you know. So it's just right in that southern part of Brazil. Now, there is a concern as we move forward the next two weeks, there's not a, really a lot of moisture on the uh, the radar. So I think that's a little bit of what was going on today on, on the market. Um, it, it was starting to respect that, um, but uh, that's really the issue. You know, I think it's the weather. Um, maybe the next two weeks looks a little more threatening, so we add risk premium to the market. Having said that, and I know we'll talk more about this in the second half, what's is it the the nearby dryness that's a concern right now for these soybean growers in South America, or is it the long-term picture? Well, I think uh, it's more the long-term picture. The short-term, you know, I think the corn in the southern part, uh, it's probably, you know, rain's not going to help it a whole lot anymore, maybe uh, a little bit. But I think it's more, um, you know, how do we finish off the crop in the south on soybeans? And, um, you know, we're going to start harvesting in the far north. Susan, uh, really the end of December. And then we're going to have exportable soybeans as we hit the uh, end of January, the first week of February. We do have a lot more coming up as we are going to continue here on the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We're going to look at some input costs, not only for in the States, but globally. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell. At Fontenelle Hybrids, our dealers make the difference in the products we sell. Here's Fontenelle dealer Kevin Callwhite from Humphrey, Nebraska. We've had wonderful success. We do a lot of field trials, side-by-sides, and test plots to help fine-tune products for our customers' specific needs. I have peace of mind knowing that next year's products will be selected and tested by someone that knows our farms and knows our area, and that's Fontenelle. For more RVN. Listen to KRVN on the FM. Now that you've enabled KRVN on your Alexa device, ask your smart speaker to open KRVN for news, podcasts, and a live stream of today's programming. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Don Rose. He's with U.S. Commodities. And I wanted to maybe clarify some things when I, from the front half, Don, is when I mentioned about if I'm going to talk about what happens in South America, you're the person I want to talk to because you yourself are going to be headed down there. Um, you've got some great contacts in South America and excited to be able to have the opportunity down the road to be able to talk to you as you look at these soybean crops, especially as the dryness continues and then the worries continue for these producers yeah they are yeah i'll be heading down in that uh that direction here the uh end of the month but you know and i think when you look at it it's uh it's going to be interesting because it's much like the u.s here it's all about weather and what you get for a size of a crop remember last year uh brazil on the second crop the sovereign crop the crop that gets planted after soybeans come off in Brazil, which will start to come off, uh, you know, the middle of January, really, for the most part, going forward. So then corn is planted, and then, um, you know, that basically is harvested in July. So, you know, weather's going to be uh, front and center uh, stage on the corn, particularly. Um, looks like a, a large soybean crop is on the way, but corn, uh, you know, you still have a lot of balls in the air in a La Nina year. So, um, you know, we've got a lot to go forward, and we need a big crop out of uh, South America. That's what the trade's counting on right now. Um, right now, it looks like for the uh, five countries down there, it looks like the corn crop could be somewhere 1.3 billion bushels larger than last year. Soybean crop could be uh, 350, 400 million bushels larger than last year. So definitely can resupply the uh, the world a bit and put us at ease going forward. So that's what we'll watch here for the next few months. And what I find interesting and intriguing is input costs. Obviously, we know the issues here in the States. We continue to talk about it. But it's also been an issue to, to our growers in South America. Yeah, and if you look at it, really, a fertilizer is the big issue from an input standpoint here in the U.S. And when you look at it in South America, the first corn crop in Brazil, um, you know, they bought the uh, inputs on fertilizer before. So not a real issue. They added the acres up 5% over a year ago. Whether they continue on the second crop is going to be the issue because they really haven't bought ahead on the fertilizer. That's the one that's just going to be planted here uh, after the first of the year. And in Argentina, their corn, uh, like we said, is going to be harvested in March. They Same thing. They uh, pretty well bought their fertilizer before because, remember, down in Argentina, the inflation is running so rampant that as soon as the producer sells a crop, he does something with the money. He buys uh, his input cost because the, uh, it's kind of like buying a U.S. dollar since we trade in dollars on, on uh, those uh, products. So, um, so not an issue yet, but I think it's going forward on Brazil on the second corn crop and then for uh, the Argentine crop in the uh, next year. So uh, fertilizer doesn't come down. You know, we're picking up on the second corn crop in Brazil is um, probably stick with the same uh, acres, but they may cut back on fertilizer, and we know what that does to a yield. So um, the focus will be starting to switch to that chatter here down the road. Another tough day when it came to trade on the livestock side. Uh, looking at this cattle market, I know there's still a lot hoping that we could see some decent cash even though we had that stumble last week. Yeah, we did have a stumble last week. We've got offers out here, 140 live, uh, 220 dress, but starting to uh, pick up some uh, trade at 138. I know there's bids out here at 137 by the packer, but, you know, the bottom line is the... uh, 
uh, Packers going to be buying for a short kill week uh, next week, so not that aggressive. And at the retail level, uh, the good news is the retail prices, the uh, retailers really have been slashing the uh, price. So uh, we're going to see some movement there. Product probably bottoms because you're going to see some clearance there. Then you don't, uh, with the short kill week, you know, we start to ramp up with better demand on the uh, cash cattle again as we get probably uh, towards the end of the year uh, again, and then numbers tighten. And we still haven't talked about any weather issues yet, which usually gives us some support, but no problems yet. But, you know, we usually have some issues uh, at some point in time. So um, not a lot of uh, premium in for weather problems, I'd say, Susan. Is it going to be week's end before we see some cash dealings take place, though? Yeah, I think uh, I think so. The Packers just, uh, you know, has his hands in his pocket here a little bit. And uh, feedlots appear to want to move cattle. I think part of it is I don't know if they want to deal with them over, uh, you know, Christmas. Just already have this kind of settled up. So getting things kind of where you want to be, and the Packer uh, realizes that too. So, um, yeah, I think realistically I have to say cattle probably trade a dollar weaker this week, maybe a little bit softer next week, and then firm up again after that just because numbers tighten up more than anything else. And I I think, like we said, at the retail level, prices have moved low enough. I think you get some clearance. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, I can reach us here at U.S. Commodities in West Des Moines at 1-800-247-4071. Well, thanks so much. Safe travels to you, and I look forward to uh, getting that email message that we're going we're gonna to talk about how the soybeans look in South America. That sounds wonderful. Don Rose has been joining us today with U.S. Commodities. As always, a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.